Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Stoppage Time Live. I'm not in my usual location. I am in Chattanooga at the CHI Memorial Stadium, home of the Chattanooga Red Wolves. Uh, Mike is in one of his usual locations. What's up, Mike? Hey, Jason. Uh, glad you made it. And sorry for the late start. I-75 traffic <laughs> was partially the reason for that. But as you can see on the Titantron behind Jason's uh, left shoulder, all right, uh, Jason, you're there for a reason tonight, right? Uh, you're there for the watch party for the U.S. men's national team against Costa Rica, correct? Yeah, we've got a watch party for the big match tonight. Um, we're going to do a pregame show on the soccer down here, Twitch, uh, a little bit before 6 o'clock, get everything ready for that game that's going to kick off right after 7 o'clock. Huge game. Um, we've had a chance to come up and, and see the Red Wolves in action this year, but now they've opened up their very cool club area, and we're going to get a chance to uh, christen it this evening, hopefully with a win for the, uh, the USMNT. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the stadium in Chattanooga, uh, literally all you have to do is drive up I-75. You can literally see I-75 behind Jason's right shoulder, yes. and that Titantron is impossible to miss if you're going southbound towards Atlanta. So they've done a really, really good job there. It's awesome for the city. It's awesome for uh, soccer in the southeast. I think it's really cool for people who live in northwest Georgia as well, uh, you know, in the Dalton area, for yeah. example, Fort Oglethorpe, Tunnel Hill. Uh, really, really great facility they've built up there. 
And um, in our abbreviated time, we're going to go until a little past 3 o'clock. Really, two main subjects we want to get into today. Atlanta United at Toronto on Saturday, which we'll get to in a moment. But let's start with the national team playing up in Columbus tonight against Costa Rica. And there's even some breaking news surrounding that. Word has leaked out that Greg Berhalter is going to make a goalkeeping change tonight and start Zach Steffen over Matt Turner. I think Matt Turner has been one of the best, if not the best players on the team in their first five qualifying games. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, obviously, Zach Steffen played in Columbus. The game is in Columbus. A goalkeeping change is not going to be, I think, terribly disruptive. But no. it's just one more log to throw on a, uh, you know, a pile of embers right now about Greg Berhalter, who has gone from being, um, you know, uh, Jurgen Klopp to Jurgen Klinsmann in the span of about 48 hours. And it, it depends really on who you talk to, to for see. sure. It, it's a, I mean, it's an interesting situation. I, I think the U.S. is lucky to have two number one goalkeepers at, at the moment, to be honest. Uh, Stefan would be the number one if he was playing regularly at the club level. And he could be the number one if he hadn't come down with COVID in the last window and, and missed time. Uh, he's the guy who I think coming into this set of uh, set of World Cup qualifiers, let's go back a month, was expected to be that number one guy. Uh, with not playing regularly, Matt Turner and his performances took the job. I, I think it's 1A and 1B. And that's not a bad place to be. It's not a bad spot to be in. I don't think there's any issues with Matt Turner's performances. Uh, I don't put him at fault for the goal in Panama at all, unless there was a, a request to organize things differently at halftime because Panama did that same corner multiple times where it's just put it into the six-yard box and see what happens. They nearly put it straight into the goal a couple of times in the first half. Second half, the, the U.S. as a whole did not learn from that give up the goal. The actual play that we saw on TV is not Turner's fault, in my opinion. But if there was a, a request to do things differently from an organization perspective and he didn't follow that out, well, then that could lead to this. I don't get the sense, um, because we haven't heard anything as to a reason why, I don't get the sense that this is a punitive measure. I, I think this is just to give Stefan a game He's back in his former place, so it makes some sense. Um, it's a little hard to figure out Greg Berhalter at times with these things. I mean, Walker Zimmerman's played two games. He wore the captain's armband in Panama. He wasn't originally on the roster. He was originally not going to be part of this group. Tim Ream was. Then he got called in. Then he started two games. Then he wore the armband. That logically makes no sense. So at times, it's a little hard to read what Greg Verhalter is going to do game to game. That can keep a team on its toes. That can also be a little destabilizing. I hope that this goalkeeper change is not a destabilizing situation. I don't think it is. I think both Turner and, and Stefan are, are well-liked by their teammates. I think Ethan Horvath is as well. We saw what yeah. he did. It's just one of those weird things to add on to coming back from a loss in a game where a result was expected. And this game has a little bit of pressure to it. And this is another log on the fire. Yeah, I mean, look, I get the fact that the match is being played in Columbus and Zach Steffen played in Columbus. But if that's the reason why you're doing this, you do it in a friendly. You don't do it yeah, in a, a cup qualifier. 
I do agree with you that I don't think a whole lot separates yeah. Turner and Stefan, and for that matter, Horvath. I, I don't think a lot separates right. them. Uh, I think there are other spots in the 11 right now where there is some clear separation between first choice and maybe second choice. And, you know, I think Burhalter deserved to be at the very least questioned, if not criticized, for maybe going either too hard in rotating or rotating with the incorrect personnel Sunday in Panama. Yeah. You know, I saw some tweets that I'm not necessarily sure I agree with that, um, you know, the USA or any side in World Cup qualifying does not have the luxury of being able to rotate in a qualifier. And I understand where that comes from, but I'm not exactly sure I agree with that. Right. If if you're looking at this realistically, at you know, right now, Burhalter is trying to plot this out to give his side the best chance at getting the required number of points to get into the top three. If he looked at this week, two home matches, one road match, and he looked at it in his calculation and, and thought, we need six or seven points out of this week, then rotating and playing your A squad against Jamaica at home and your A squad against Costa Rica at yes. home and playing a B squad or a A minus squad, if you will, on the road in Panama is a defendable action. I think it yeah. is defendable. The problem is I don't know if he rotated with the correct personnel. Uh, that, I think, is where he deserves to be questioned. Mm -hmm. Now... He will come out tonight with the first-choice A-plus lineup. I'm, I'm certain of that, unless there's an injury or a protocol issue or a disciplinary thing that we aren't aware of. Right. Uh, he's going to play his best 11 tonight because he has to. You have to get three points out of this match tonight, home against Costa Rica. I think he'll have an excellent chance of doing so. If the USA gets three points out of this match tonight, then honestly, I don't think this week was all that bad. Yeah. I think one of the things that really helps you that nothing – that isn't getting talked about enough, in my opinion, is that Canada, who you're kind of duking it out with right now, uh, you know, to stay in the top three, took a draw at Jamaica. That's yeah. an enormously helpful result to the USA that I don't think really got talked about enough Sunday night because we were all focused on the negativity with the U.S. team, and rightfully so. It was a disappointing performance. I, I was very, very unhappy with what I saw. But in the grand scheme of things, the USA is really not in any different of a position coming into tonight off a loss in Panama as they would have been, say, off a draw in Panama, which right. seemed to be the intent that they were uh, playing with on, on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know if they were playing for a draw. I, I, I think a draw would have been acceptable. I think if they had gotten a draw there, they would have been fine with it. Um, they had to rotate. I, I think in a normal World Cup cycle, in a normal qualification cycle where it's two games in a window, sure, uh, you don't have to rotate in, in those situations. This is three in a week and, and with a game with a long bit of travel from, jeez, uh, yes. I mean, you're going from Austin to Panama and then from Panama to Columbus. Yeah, you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to rotate because of the travel and because of 270 minutes. So... Did he do it correctly? Uh, no. I think he gambled on some things that didn't pay off. But his biggest gamble was that by rotating on Sunday, it would put him in better position to get three points tonight. We'll find out if that bet pays off. He's not going to hit the exacta of getting a result in Panama and 
getting three points tonight. But if he gets the three points tonight, I'm much better with him risking the one point in Panama as opposed to the three points in this one. Because if you go a squad down there and it doesn't work out and you don't get a result, or even if you get one point, and then you're burned out and you come back home in a game where three points are the expectation and you don't get that, that's more catastrophic. Not getting a point is not catastrophic. Um, I do think that there, there needs to be a uh, maybe a, a check-yourself moment a little bit when it comes to the conversation, especially online, about the U.S. men's national team. I think at times there is a expectation that doesn't match realism. Um, this is not going to be a team that wins every game, no question, every game, three goals to nil on the road doesn't matter. CONCACAF is much more competitive than people think it is. And I also think that there are some folks who are, are taking some other things into account and just attacking anybody who doesn't feel their way. Um, I, I went into more detail on this on soccer down here. I don't need to rehash it. But the hashtag USMNT uh, Twitter search has gotten incredibly nasty and toxic at times. And that does not need to be what, what U.S. soccer is all about. That has to change. And, and that's down to the people oh. to change it. Um, well, well I, I would just interject and say I agree with you fully. Uh, the change starts with the soccer influencers on Twitter. Yeah, it does. Uh, and, you know, without naming names, I think there are a couple members of the soccer media who once played for the U.S. men's national team uh, who have really pushed that negative narrative. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, everyone's entitled to their opinion and everyone is entitled to analyze uh, what they see yeah. in the context that they see it. So I'm not saying that those people are necessarily wrong. Yeah, I think one difference but... that I'm saying is not just questioning Berhalter and his decisions or performances or results. Do that, absolutely. That That's part of what we're all doing here. But I think it's the attacking one another who are having this conversation. It can be a conversation about what should the lineup have been in Panama with the understanding that, yeah, playing the whole group that you're going to start 270 minutes in three games, probably not a good idea. So who would you have started otherwise? Is it because you don't like MLS players, for example, or you think Gianluca Busio deserved that opportunity, which, frankly, I think he did? Uh, Matthew Hoppy could have been a possibility there. It's easy to play hindsight, but let's have that conversation instead of personal attacks against people who have differences of opinion. That's where my issue is, and it's a social media thing, but hashtag USMNT does not need to be that, and it's down to the people who want to have this conversation in public spaces, which social media is, to drive how that conversation is had. And I really hope that can change because... Uh, U.S. soccer is in a really exciting place right now. There shouldn't be a toxicity around it. There should be concern about qualifying, absolutely, because everybody has it. Italy didn't qualify last time. Netherlands didn't qualify last time. We see it in South America where big countries don't qualify from time to time. It happens. That's part of the angst and, and just the feeling and the emotion of the game. But that doesn't mean that people have to be nasty to one another who are trying to have these conversations. I hope that changes. We'll see if so. it's a bad result tonight. Um, I'm not going on Twitter and it's getting to be a situation where I dread these kinds of games and I dread the results more so for the reaction afterwards than 
the actual ramifications of qualifying or not qualifying. It shouldn't be that way. I hope that changes. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand why there would be a level of impatience after what happened in, in 2018. Absolutely. I, I understand why there would be impatience. And I understand, too, that at times, not always, but at times, um, you could accuse the U.S. men's national team of playing some unentertaining soccer at mm-hmm. times, not always. Um, but I, I just I, some of the narratives that are out there, I just I, I really don't agree with. Um on Wednesday in Austin, I thought the best players on the pitch were MLS players. Yeah. Frankly, I thought Ricardo Pepe, Miles Robinson, uh, Matt Turner, best players on the field were MLS players. Um, now, you had some MLS players on Sunday that really struggled, but that's yeah. not an indictment of the league. That has nothing to do with MLS. That's individual players. <laughs> well, and it comes down, honestly, like, I don't know. There are some players who were selected for this team that, frankly, are not having great years in MLS, and suddenly we see them not only selected to the team, uh, but starting um, on Sunday. And, you know, some of those players, one in particular who plays for LA Galaxy, has been a very dedicated soldier to the U.S. men's national team. And he's played well in previous opportunities. He's played very well. Ab- absolutely correct. Sebastian Lejet, if, if we're, you're wondering at home. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lejet was objectively uh, poor Sunday against Panama. Right. And he has struggled in MLS this year, but he's been good with the national team. Yeah. So, anyhow, I don't want to pick on Sebastian Lejet. Yeah, I mean, he's example. a guy you trust, and he's a guy that Berhalter trusts. Well, he let him down in this game. Yeah. And, and that, that happens. You know, look, Lejet's not at his best. Uh, should it have been rolled on who started in that game based on form? Yes, I, I think yeah. it should have been. Uh, should you have seen a player like Jordi Mihailovic in the team based off what he's done this season in Montreal? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been campaigning for that one for a while. I think you needed a playmaking kind of player with Gio Reyna out. And that's the other element that I think was absolutely lost in the shuffle about last Thursday and about Sunday, and especially about Sunday. You could argue that the two best players on this team, the two most impactful players, aren't there in Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna due to injury. This team is going to not be at its best without those two. Pulisic, I think you have people already in the group who can replace some of what he gives you. Gio Reyna is the playmaker, in my opinion, in those moments that you needed somebody different than who was called in to replace. They didn't call in Jordi Mihailovic. That's where, even though Gianluca Busio is playing in a deeper role at Venezia in Italy, I think Busio has that passing ability and that ability to unlock things that I would have liked to have seen him in that match in Panama to give the team that ability to maybe break down a Panamanian defense that was going to sit deeper. Costa Rica is going to sit deeper today. How do they solve that? Is it through high tempo? Is it through a little bit of pressing? Is it through Brendan Aronson just working his socks off to create something? It might be. I think Aronson is a very nice player as well, and he can create those opportunities when the oppor- when it presents itself. But they're going to have to break down a Costa Rican team that is missing two of its best attackers that would be ecstatic with a point on the road, especially after beating El Salvador in the last match, and probably will not venture forward all that often. Who is that guy that we're talking about at the end of the night that does it for the U.S.? I don't really have an answer to that right now. 
Yeah, and by the way, uh, send us your questions on the Twitch pitch. We'll get to them here in a minute uh, if you have any questions. Uh, long story short is Costa Rica is not a team that should be demeaned just as any of the other seven teams involved in this octagonal. No. Because, look, CONCACAF has improved outside of the USA and Mexico. Um, it's not a two-nation confederation anymore. No. Canada's improved by leaps and bounds. Uh, Costa Rica and Honduras have made runs in recent World Cups. Panama, too. So, And Panama, yes, thank you. So I think we all need to be a little bit careful in assuming that oh, it should be an automatic result when you go to Panama and an automatic no. win when you play them at home. No. It should be an automatic result when you go to El Salvador, automatic win when you play them at home. Same with Honduras, same with Jamaica. It, nope. It's not that way anymore. No. It's not that way. Um you know, I think when, when all the dust settles, you're probably going to be looking at Mexico, Canada, USA in some order in the top three. And I think it's going to be a rock fight for that fourth spot in the playoff. It's looking and like Costa Panama right now. It's, yeah. it's, it's looking like Panama. They've been the most impressive team, I think, in terms of beating expectations in the, in the octagonal so far. I'm, I'm still a little worried about Canada. To be perfectly honest, uh, four draws out of five. Not sure of themselves just yet, I don't think. Um, I, I think that draw against Honduras is looking very poor with what Honduras has done since. I don't think Canada's a guarantee yet, and I think Panama... Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion and possibly El Salvador are, are going to be nipping at their heels. Um, Canada might have to go through the playoff, especially if Panama can continue to maintain what they're doing. I mean, they got uh, a win at home against the U.S. They got a draw at home against Mexico. They've been able to find results. Can they go on the road and get anything is going to be the question. 
Great question. Uh, okay, so that's tonight. Uh, go up I-75, join Jason <laughs> in Chattanooga if you want. Uh, is it ESPN tonight or is it Fox? I, I think, think it's, it's ESPN. FS1, isn't it? It's ESPN? Yes. Okay. Um, so that'll be the TV cover. By the way, it's an absolute treat being able to um, watch the Spanish-language feed with Andres Cantor on yep. Sunday, just as an aside. I thought um, him and, uh, was it Manuel Sol, I think, was uh, the, the I'm not sure who was on, on with, yeah. with Andres. But it was great. The way that Telemundo covers that stuff. I yeah. mean, they do whip around. They, they keep you posted on scores of other matches. Yep. It was awesome coverage. And I feel like my Spanish is improving. I, I'm <laughs> understanding a lot more now. There you go. Uh, it was fun hearing Andres Bicker with his color guy, too, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, uh, English language coverage, ESPN2. Thank you, yes. Tim. Uh, so that'll be the coverage tonight. Now, uh, Friday, Jason and I will get on the plane. We'll head up to Toronto Saturday night, Atlanta United against TFC. As this final six-match uh, sprint to the finish begins for everyone in MLS. You know, it didn't really... I didn't see a whole lot discussed about this over the weekend, but the very few matches that were played on the weekend, mm -hmm. none of them went well for Atlanta United no. as far as, uh, you know, teams that they're dealing with right now in this fight to get into the playoffs. Uh, you had Red Bulls get a win over Miami. That was not good. You needed a Miami win or maybe a draw. Re uh, suddenly now Red Bulls are only two points behind Atlanta yeah. United even on games. Um, Philadelphia won their game in hand uh, that they had on Atlanta United. So now Philadelphia has climbed up the table. Still Atlanta United one point out of the playoffs. So that's good. Uh, but, you know, you're going to BMO Field, Jason. You've never won there, ever. Mm -hmm. And um, you might be going without Joseph Martinez. Uh just to bring everyone up to date on that, because there's been some confusion. I know it had been reported yesterday that he was not training. That, according to Darren Eels, uh, who went on with Dukes and Bell yesterday, is not true. Joseph right. is training, but not with the main group. But Darren took pains to say that's kind of how it's scheduled to go when you're coming back from uh, a hamstring injury as Joseph is. So it's still very much day-to-day. -day. They're waiting to see... I guess not waiting anymore. They've probably seen how the hamstring reacted to whatever Joseph did yesterday. But you might be going to Toronto without Joseph into a stadium where you've never won, in a stadium where, quite frankly, you've had some of the most disappointing moments in club history. Mm -hmm. uh, 2018 comes to mind. But even 2019, where uh, Pitti Martinez missed a penalty mm -hmm. uh, right at the death uh, after Richie Larea was... Uh, given a penalty for diving <laughs> and what should have been a 2-2 oh. result, what could have been a 3-3 result, ended up being 3-2 Toronto. So you've had disappointing moments there. Toronto's playing better. That's the other problem. Um, Toronto is playing a lot better than they were back in August when Atlanta United uh, had some difficulty with them in beating them 1-0. So this is a match that, you know, honestly, when we were up in Montreal, I was looking at the schedule and seeing two against Toronto and one against Red Bull, one against New York City, and thinking, all right, this is manageable. Well, Toronto's playing better. Red Bull is unbeaten in their last six. Now it starts to feel a little more urgent going up to Toronto on Saturday. Yeah, it's a little bit more of a, a challenge because Toronto's in a different place than they were when we looked at this a while back. Um They've been in a very nice run of form with three wins out of their last four. 
uh, draw in the other one. So unbeaten in four straight. They are going to potentially get a little bit of a benefit here with the international break. Uh, Jefferson Soteldo was apparently being sent home from the Venezuelan national team due to an act of indiscipline. So he will not be playing on Thursday, and he will be back in Toronto, and I don't know if there will be any further punishment. I'm assuming not. Um, it doesn't appear to be anything COVID-related. Uh, it's a little unclear as reports are starting to surface out of Venezuela. So um, that actually could end up helping Toronto because Jefferson Soteldo is one of the most talented players in the league. I think if you haven't seen or been paying attention to Toronto lately, uh, they are a little bit different than you might remember. Um, some of the main people are, are, are there. Uh, Posuelo, Bradley, Delgado, Osorio. The back line's older, and the back line has been their weakness this year. Omar Gonzalez, Chris Mavinga, I think neither one has really been at their best. Um, both have had some issues. Bradley's had a bit of a resurgence after a really difficult start to the season. Jacob Schaffelberg is starting to come into his own. He's getting called into the Canadian national team. A lot of pace out on the flank. Schaffelberg is a player that I think is in line for either a bigger role in Toronto or a move to have a bigger role elsewhere. He's one that that I worry about. Um, Osorio is always a player to me that is an interesting one in that he's a central midfielder who can pop up in dangerous spots. He scores big goals for them. But I think this team really revolves around what they get out of Pozuelo and what they get out of Soteldo. Those are, are two of the most talented players in the league. Toronto is not shy when it comes to spending on this type of talent. And in fact, they're being linked to Lorenzo Insigne of Napoli and the Italian national team. Um, some of the people that were involved in bringing Sebastian Giovinco to Toronto years ago are involved in sitting down and talking to Insigne. He's out of contract at the end of the current season. Napoli's been linked with Milan, has been linked with Inter, he's been linked with uh, Manchester United. Um, I'm shocked Newcastle hasn't gotten into this now that they're the, the new rich in the Premier League. Um, he's going to be linked to a lot of places. I don't think he ends up in Toronto. I think he'll have a bigger opportunity. But it shows the club's ambition, and I think that should also be a little bit of a wake-up call for some of the players in this team right now who are not going to make the postseason. And Toronto is not accustomed to being as poor as they've been for as long as they've been over these couple of years. It's very similar to what we've seen in Atlanta. And when you start to hear those rumors about an Insigne and there's meetings and they're, they're having you know lots of lovely dinners and wine in Italy about potentially bringing a player like that, that should be that wake-up call to some of the current players that, hey, my job's not safe for next year. And I think you're going to have guys who are playing for next year's contract. And this is a tough place to go. Um, I don't think three points is a must for Atlanta United. I think a good performance is a must because it's game one of six to close this thing out. I think they want to get started on the right foot. But a result would be very, very important here. It, it's not a problem if they don't get it it's a problem if they don't get it and they play poorly i'm looking as much at the quality of play as the result of the play in this one on saturday yeah I, i'm still of the mindset i know there are some questions about tfc that we'll get to in the twitch pitch I, i'm still of the mindset that 10 points is going to be enough to get 10 more points is going to be enough to get atlanta united into the postseason i think so 10 too. more points in their final six matches 
So you have three home, three road. You figure you win your three home. That's nine. Got to find a result somewhere on the road. And you would prefer if that would not come all the way down to decision day. Yes. So if, if you're able to get a point, I think they can get three. But if you're able to get one in Toronto, good. You're on schedule. Then you can take care of business at home. You get three in Toronto. Now you've given yourself a little bit of a cushion. You've also positioned yourself very well to maybe still get that top four seed. Uh, if you get zero out of Toronto, it's not time to hit the panic button yet. But then it really makes that three-match homestand against New York City, Miami, and Toronto again. Very, very important. Yep. Now, Shiva, who I got to see in the food court today, it was great to see you, Oh, Shiva. very cool. Uh, she points out that, and by the way, she says hello to you. Uh, mm-hmm. She points out that Toronto may look bad on paper, but they have some individual players that can hurt Atlanta United. And I kind of feel like that's been the case in the five-year series history. That yeah. it's come down to some individuals in some moments that have really hurt Atlanta United, not necessarily some of all parts of the team. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, one thing, and I mentioned it earlier, Jonathan Osorio, uh, one thing to keep in mind is how much guys are playing with their national teams right now. And Osorio is very important for the Canadian national team. He scored at the Azteca in their 1-1 draw against Mexico. Um believe he played the whole way there. I'm double-checking. He played the whole way in the game against Jamaica as well. He probably will play the whole way tonight in Edmonton, which is not a short trip uh, back to Toronto from Edmonton. It's it, What's he going to have in, in the tank? Um, Soteldo you know, did play in, in games with Venezuela. He's not going to be in the game on Thursday. He should be back in Toronto. But he is coming back after a couple of games with Venezuela. That is also a long way to travel. You know, Miles Robinson didn't play in Panama. Uh, That actually helps Atlanta United a lot. He probably will play tonight. But Wednesday to Saturday is doable. Um, And with that day off, it's different than Osorio, who's probably going to go 270 as opposed to 180. That's helpful. Um, Bello hasn't played a ton, so he should be good. We'll see if he plays tonight. I don't expect him to start tonight. I, I think it will be Anthony Robinson who didn't play on the weekend, so that's good for Atlanta United. Bello should be back and, and ready to go. And Ronald Hernandez, I think if he you know does play a lot for Venezuela and he doesn't get back in time from the Thursday game, it's okay because you got cover, you got Brooks Lynn in there. So Atlanta might be in a good position that way. Uh, Soteldo and Pozuelo are the two who can break a game open, along with Osorio, for me. They don't have that number nine that they've had at times that scares you. Uh, Josie Altidore, hurt. He's been hurt for a while. Io Akinola, hurt. ACL, he's out for the rest of the season. He was turning into that guy. So I think they'll do a little bit of what we have seen against Toronto before, where Pozuelo plays a false nine. I think that's a possibility here for Toronto. Look back at their last match really quickly when they beat Chicago 3-1 at BMO Field. It was Soteldo up top, actually, um, who can play the false nine as well. He's a a small, very small, but very crafty forward. He's not going to be winning anything in the aerial duels, but he's going to try to pull defenders with him, drift out wide. It was Delgado, Bradley, and Osorio in the midfield there, and that's a trio that has played together for a long time. They know everybody inside and out. And it was Schaffelberg and Achara who were out wide. Schaffelberg's pace can be a problem. Brooks Lennon will have his hands full with Jacob Schaffelberg. 
Achara versus Bello. Bello should have the better of that matchup. But the midfield is what I come back to. And I think where we've seen Atlanta struggle really under Gonzalo Pineda, it's been when they haven't controlled the midfield. And that's going to be the question here. And I think knowing what you could see with Toronto, with Osorio, with Bradley, with Delgado, you might need to have that double pivot. It might need to be a 4-2-3-1 in this game. And I would assume that's something that they have worked on over these last couple of weeks. Because when we've had the chance, Mike, to talk to Gonzalo, he's talked about thinking about that and exploring that and what that could look like. He's finally had some time to maybe see what it could look like on the training pitch. I wouldn't be shocked if that's what we see on Saturday night. No, nor would I. Now, the good news is, too, you've got a lot of reinforcements coming back in the midfield now because yep. reportedly Amar Sadich is back training. Uh, Kubo Torres is now back training, which is, is important, very, mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. And like I said last week, some of the things that I've been hearing from my sources that is that Kubo, prior to uh, getting into COVID protocols, uh, had been really, really having a couple very nice weeks of training. So that's big. Uh, Abara, who obviously we saw yeah. in Montreal, he's back now fully. So you, you're really starting to get into good shape. I can't see a scenario where Hernandez would could be counted on for Saturday just because yeah. of the travel yeah. from Venezuela. I think that would be a tough ask. Probably rest Not, him and have him available for Wednesday. I mean, that's what I would do, especially if you have no problem with Brooks Lennon. Yeah. I think on the left, you're probably going to be okay with George. I, I don't see a scenario where he plays tonight. But even if he plays a little tonight, you're coming back from Columbus. Yeah. Plenty of recovery time before you go back to Toronto on, on Saturday. So from a personnel standpoint, um, you're in pretty good shape outside of the Joseph question right now yeah. going into this match against Toronto. I would assume that Marcelino Moreno will probably be back after – uh, he missed the Montreal. I think match he was involved in smashing reasons. a cake into Alan Franco's face. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's clearly in cake smashing <laughs> mode now. So that's that's good news. Let's get some goal uh, smashing. I think, I think again, we forget that you know, look, Atlanta United only played Joseph for forty five, didn't have Moreno at all, yeah. and only played Aruju for forty five uh, in a matchup at Montreal against a playoff team, and. Uh, you know, probably should have come out of there with a result. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still know. feel like that was a, a draw kind of a game, the way it played yeah. out. Um, Montreal was better in two moments, and Atlanta was good in one. That's not enough to get the result, but I think the overall quality, yeah, they were in it. And, and even the Philadelphia game where I thought they were outplayed, they were in it. That's been the story of the season. Where they haven't picked up results, it's felt like it's been small margins with the exception of the, the poor performance in Chicago. Even the NYC game, it, it's small margins. You know, it's, it's little things. And I'm really curious to see if Gonzalo Pineda, in some of these games on the road that are a little tricky, if he is not defensive, because I don't think that's his personality, but maybe a little more pragmatic. Maybe, you know, this is a game where it's a midfield, for example, of Sosa, Ibarra, and Hosechu as a midfield trio to deal with Toronto's midfield trio, put the attackers in places around that to try to take something away from the opposition. Those kinds of things I think we'll start to see more now that, that Pineda knows the group more. He's had more time on the training pitch with them, and I think he knows what he can ask uh, of different players now. 
couple more on the Twitch pitch before we wrap it up. Abby correctly points out you could always have Mulraney in for Lennon if you had to you could, do that on the right side. You could, I think, Absolutely more likely, right. in, if that's the possibility, I think it'd be more likely in a line of five or three center backs and, and wing backs because I don't know about Mulraney as an outside back, but as a wing back, yes. In a line of four, I'd be a little worried about him defensively. You could also invert Lennon, too, if there was a, a worry could, about George. Uh, and, and to Shiva's point, you know, she wonders if George and Miles will even go to Toronto. I really think they will. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, they and, will. And the reason, the reason why I say that, Abby, or uh, Shiva, excuse me, is, um, you know, they played George basically 24 hours after he got back from yeah. Um, yeah. Honduras. Yeah, we gotta, so, I think we got to stop worrying about that a little bit because they're going to be playing Wednesday weekend, Wednesday weekend coming up pretty much exactly. the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, it's just the, typical. The The flight from Columbus to Atlanta yeah. is brief. Yeah. <laughs> Very brief. I think they'll probably like... be coming back in the morning. The, they'll yeah. probably be back at the facility for region, you know, kind of work. And they'll train on Friday and then they'll, they'll go. I, I think they'll yeah. be good to go. I, I, I can't young. imagine it'd be an issue unless there's an injury or something. Yeah, they, they're young guys, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, they've got this. I, That's I'm not typical. worried about that. It's just typical. It's it's. It's the life of a pro player. I mean, it's it, it can be frustrating sometimes. It can be hard sometimes. Um, but these guys know what's coming. They, they know what's on the line right now with six games in really three weeks and one slot with a weekend or midweek coming up the rest of the way that you're not going to play. You're not going to play on one weekend. Um, you include tonight. That's just three and a half weeks that you have another game for those two. I'm sure there'll be rotation to make sure that they are rested in different spots in that time frame. But if they're needed for Saturday, I think they're 100% available. Yeah. Uh, I think Miles would be less needed than George on Saturday. And I, I it, not that Miles would not be needed and helpful. Let me be very clear about that. Yeah, but yeah. I think you have more center back cover right now right. with Franco and walks if they were to go four two three one then it's a very very simple yeah. solution if they want to stay in a five two three uh or a five three two um george campbell absolutely i have no hesitation putting him into into that match on the road in toronto no problem whatsoever yeah um just want to say hi to domer he's been in there tim thank you emilio who says toronto might be due for a loss because they've had results in the last couple matches Fingers crossed you yeah. might be right there. I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes that does happen. It does. But, look, I mean, Atlanta United has sent some really good teams up to BMO Field, and they've never won there. Um, they had a heartbreak in, in Hartford last year. I mean, it looked like they were about uh, to scratch out a scoreless draw. I forgot about that game. 89th-minute goal. Man, I was pounding the table on that one. Oh. That was a Sunday night in Hartford where – you know, Atlanta United came within a minute of stealing a point, which would have been huge as they were trying to yeah. scuffle their way. I forgot uh, all about that game. Yeah, road matches against Toronto. Like, I, I, I've been thinking a little bit. Like, I've never walked out of BMO Field happy, ever. Nope. Um, I hope we don't have that feeling again when we're walking out of there on Saturday night. Um, we're, we're just going to have to see. I, I think, again... You know, and, and Emilio points out that you could drop a match at home and, yeah. and things can happen. That's absolutely true. Um, this, this is a match that I look at where you can build a cushion. You know, yes. one of the things that's going to scare people is if Atlanta United does not get anything out of this match, 
and you see a couple teams above them on the table win on Saturday, that's going to scare some people. But again, I just point out, Orlando plays a lot of teams left in this logjam. Philadelphia has some matches left against teams in this logjam. So does New York City, so does D.C., so does Montreal. Yeah. It's not like these teams in the logjam are playing against Western Conference teams, right. and, and there's a chance where you might not be able to catch anyone. Atlanta United still controls its own destiny, and I think even with a loss, and if everyone else in play wins on Saturday, and I'll do the math on this, but I think even if that happens, Atlanta United would still control its own destiny. So there's still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. The matches are going to come quickly. It's a big match, but I don't look at it as a must-win. If they do win, though, I'd feel very, very happy. Yeah, I, I, I don't even really have it in the must-not-lose. I, I think it's important to build momentum here. And if they play well and build that momentum like we're talking about, they should get a result, and they should be very happy coming out of there. If they play poorly and get a result, then it's a nice steal, but you need to build some momentum because then it's Wednesday. Then the weekend off, then Wednesday, then Saturday, then Wednesday, then Saturday or Sunday. And it's yep. just it's going to be a lot in a short period of time. But there's a lot of minutes to play the rest of the way. Um, hopefully the U.S. Or hopefully what happens with Atlanta is not what we're seeing with the U.S. tonight, where if they go to Toronto, don't get a result, then that adds some pressure to the Wednesday home match next week. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully there's a little less pressure on that based off of a, a good performance and a good result on the weekend. So next Wednesday is a match day. Um, and it'll be a little bit different kind of a match day. So I'm assuming not a Wednesday yeah. stoppage time, but okay. possibly a Tuesday. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> you'll find out more about that later. Uh, that was yeah, a tease, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tuesday, I think, is a pretty safe bet. No okay. Hawks on Tuesday. so Yeah, we'll shoot uh, for 2 o'clock on Tuesday, but also there there could be some shifting around based off interview times and media availability. Right. So pencil in next Tuesday at 2 o'clock. That's the idea, um, and we'll figure that out. Yes, and uh, don't forget Saturday night. Uh, we're on 92.9, the game, 7 o'clock for the pre-match show. 7.30 will be the kickoff. Do a full one-hour full-time report afterwards because I believe Atlanta United is staying in Toronto on Saturday night. So we'll be able to do a full post-match show as well. You can get that on 92.9 The Game, uh, the Atlanta United app, the Odyssey app. You know where to find us. And uh, when we speak to you next, we will wrap up this week-long qualifying window for the U.S. Men's National Team, and hopefully we'll be recapping a positive performance in Toronto. Atlanta United can play well and not get anything. And that happens sometimes in soccer. That's okay if that catapults them into uh, that three-match homestand, because that's where you really need to take care of your business against New York City, Miami, Toronto. So this has got to be the catapult, and that can happen even if you lose, say, 2-1 or uh, you know, concede very, very late in a 3-2 loss or something like that. So we'll, we'll just have to see, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, if you're in North Georgia or Northern Alabama or, or Tennessee watching this, uh, come on over to CHI Memorial Stadium for the watch party tonight for the U.S. Men's National Team and Costa Rica. A big game, and uh, you might want to start looking at playoff tickets for the Red Wolves as well in USL League One and get out to this venue. I hope, Mike, we get a chance to come up and see Atlanta United in this venue oh, uh, sometime I, I would- soon. I think we will. I would love to do a game with you up there. Uh, even if it's a Red Wolves game, I'd love to do a game with you up there. It's a fantastic setting. 
Uh, like I said, if you're on 75 coming back from Nashville or Chattanooga to Atlanta, you cannot miss it. They've done a terrific job. Uh, and I know Jason's going to have a great time tonight. But I, I hope we get a chance to do a game there. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think we will. I, I think we will. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of you tonight. I, I know there's at least a few listeners of Stoppage Time and of SDH are going to be around. And we'll be with you um, a lot of stuff as we get ready for Toronto on Saturday. So you all have a good rest of the day. Enjoy the match tonight. We'll all be talking about it during and after. And we'll be with you from Toronto on Saturday. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 